Hello and welcome to the Highly Strange Podcast. You are here with Sarah and Lewis. Hello. Hello, how you doing? Terrific. <laughs> Is that bullshit? <laughs> I say it every week. <laughs> um, thanks, by the way, for some of the feedback on the uh, news episode. I think the feedback is we will continue. We and will continue our try project. And bring you a, a monthly episode of that is the aim. I that think. is the aim. Maybe more, maybe less. Who knows? Depends how good the, the news has been month to <laughs> yes. month. I think whether we need to bank a couple and wait longer, or whether the news has been batshit enough, <laughs> <laughs> is basically the protocol there. Um, this week. My brain has not been braining, so very kindly, uh, Liam wrote me an episode. Uh, so if you don't like it, blame him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's, Liam, what's your it's email address? It's very fascinating. <laughs> and uh, I will say, after I read it, it made me Google for about four hours straight with lots of different theories, ideas. I was trying to look through, like, family history archives, all sorts. <laughs> so it's a good episode. and um, I'm excited. I, I think you are aware of the story. Um, so we're going to do The Green Children of Woolpit. 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 Yes. Suffolk. Yes. Suffolk. Ready? Yes. <laughs> How do Americans pronounce it? Suffolk. I've, I've heard, like, Suffolk County. Suffolk, Suffolk County. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Suffolk. Yeah. <laughs> Northeast of London, in the county of Suffolk, <laughs> is a small village called Woolpit, or in Old English, Wolf Pit. I've been on holiday to Suffolk. Did you go to Woolpit? No. Well, then I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Great content. <laughs> Wild packs of wolves terrorised farms and villages, and the deep wolf pits were dug at the edges of fields and bordering woods to trap them. Almost 900 years ago, something strange would happen by one of these wolf pits that was so peculiar it has been remembered and even celebrated by the residents of Woolpit for centuries. In front of St Mary's Church, in the centre of Woolpit, is a town sign, an engraving featuring two children looking up at the church. What sticks out most about the sign is that while the rest of the image is a black silhouette, the children are green in colour. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> One summer in the 12th century, probably during the reign of King Stephen, the townsfolk of Woolpit were harvesting the fields. The farm workers of the time were called reapers. A small group working at the edge of the field bordering one of the wolf pits became distracted when they heard the sound of children talking. What the reapers found was recorded by two contemporary writers. William of Newburgh, I'm really, I'm going to try and pronounce this properly, but it's a tongue twister. In Historia Rurum Anglicarum in 1189 and Smashed Ralph it. of Coggleshaw in his book Chronicum Angularium in 2020. Both accounts were written in Latin and contained slight differences. William of Nubra wrote about his account earlier and his source is unnamed beyond what he describes as so many and such competent witnesses. Ralph of Coggleshaw wrote his account much later but was from the local area and based his account solely on the testimony of Sir Richard de Khan, an important figure at the centre of the story. In William of Newburgh's account, he describes the wolf pits before stating, During harvest, while the reapers were employed in gathering in the produce of the fields, two children, a boy and a girl, completely green in their persons and clad in garments of a strange colour and unknown materials, emerged from these excavations, meaning the wolf pits. Ralph of Coggleshaw describes how a boy and his sister were found by the inhabitants of that place near the mouth of a pit which is there. 
who had the form of all of their limbs like to those of other men, but they differed in the colour of their skin from all of the people of our habitable world, for the whole surface of their skin was tinged of a green colour. No one could understand their speech. Wolf pits are steep-sided and deep, designed so that if the wolf falls in, it can't get out. It was common for them to have wooden spikes at the bottom. Two children climbing out of one is a bizarre occurrence on its own. Both accounts describe the children as being scared, unable to communicate, and at first refusing all food. According to Ralph, the children were then brought to a local knight, Sir Richard de Khan, in the hopes that he might know what to do. The well-travelled knight did not recognise the children's language and did not know where they could have come from, but he decided to take the children in and look after them. Ralph writes, When they were brought as curiosities to the house of a certain knight, Sir Richard de Carnot, Wikes? Weeks? Wilkes? Wilkes. They wept bitterly. Bread and other victuals were sent before them, but they would touch none of them, though they were tormented by great hunger, as the girl afterwards acknowledged. At length, when some beans just cut with their stalks were brought into the house, they made signs, with great avidity, that they should be given to them. When they were brought, they opened the stalks instead of the pods, thinking the beans were in the hollow of them, but not finding them there. They began to weep anew. When those who were present saw this, they opened the pods and showed them the naked beans. They fed on these with delight, and for a long time tasted no other food. William's account describes the same scene. The starving children recognised the beanstalks, but believed the beans would be in the stems and not the pods. When shown how to open the pods, the children ate nothing but beans for months. According to William, by this food they were supported for many months until they learned the use of bread. At length, by degrees, they changed their original colour, through the natural effect of our colour and became like ourselves and also learned our language. It seemed fitting to certain discreet persons that they should receive the sacrament of baptism, which was administered accordingly. Sounds like a medicine, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) The boy who appeared to be the younger, surviving the baptism, but a little time after, died prematurely. His sister, however, continued in good health and differed not in the least from the women of our own country. Ralph also describes the children losing their green colour over time. The boy, however, was always languid and depressed, and he died within a short time. The girl enjoyed continual good health and becoming accustomed to various kinds of food, lost completely that green colour, and gradually recovered the sanguine habit of her entire body. She was afterwards regenerated by the lava of holy baptism and lived for many years in the service of the night, as I have frequently heard from him and his family. She was rather loose and wanton in her conduct. (laughs) Over time, the girl learnt to speak English and was able to tell the tale of how she ended up climbing out of the wolf pit. In the earlier account, William wrote, Moreover, after they had acquired our language, on being asked who and whence they were, they are said to have replied, We are inhabitants of the land of St Martin, who is regarded with peculiar veneration in the country which gave us birth. Being further asked where that land was and how they came thence hither, they answered, We are ignorant of both these circumstances. We only remember this, that on a certain day when we were feeding our father's flocks in the fields, we heard a great sound, such as we are now accustomed to hear at St Edmund's, when the bells are chiming. And whilst listening to the sound in admiration, we became on a sudden, as it were, entranced, and found ourselves among you in the fields when you were reaping. 
Being questioned whether in that land they believed in Christ or whether the sun arose, they replied that the country was Christian and possessed churches, but said, The sun does not rise upon our countrymen. Our land is little cheered by its beams. We are contented with that twilight, which, among you, precedes the sunrise or follows the sunset. Moreover, a certain luminous country is seen, not far distant from ours and divided from it by a very considerable river. In Ralph's account, he claimed... Being frequently asked about the people of her country, she asserted that the inhabitants and all they had in that country were of a green colour and that they saw no sun, but enjoyed a degree of light like what, what is after sunset. Being asked how she came into this country with the aforesaid boy, she replied that as they were following their flocks, they came to a certain cavern, on entering which they heard a delightful sound of bells. Ravaged by whose sweetness, they went for a long time wandering on through the cavern, until they came to its mouth. When they came out of it, they were struck senseless by the excessive light of the sun and the unusual temperature of the air, and they thus lay for a long time. Being terrified by the noise of those who came on them, they wished us to fly, but they could not find the entrance of the cavern before they were caught. In their own words, these children came from a place of permanent twilight called St Martin's Land, a land where everyone is green, and the sun never shines as brightly as it does for the rest of us. They describe a tunnel or cave that leads them to a brilliant light, the light of day. Did the green children of Woolpit come from a secret society of green people that live below the surface of the earth? Or is St Martin's Land somewhere else entirely? According to some sources, the green girl of Woolpit would go on to live out a good long life, eventually becoming known as Agnes, marrying an important local and even having a child together. It's entirely possible that Agnes's descendants are still alive today, and may even have the key to solving the medieval mystery in their very DNA. <laughs> Sorry, that was <laughs> some uh, tricky quotes. <laughs> <laughs> we love a bit of old English. So that's the story. What's your initial thoughts? So the premise is, to summarise, mm-hmm. two children come out of a wolf pit. Yes. They're green. Mm-hmm. They don't speak English. No. And when the the boy dies... Yep. When the girl grows up and can speak English, she's not green anymore. No. They only eat beans, don't they? Is it bean? Only so green for a couple beans. of months, they only, they only ate green, green beans. beans. And then eventually, I mean, it just lists bread, but some accounts do say, like, then they were eating, like, bread, meat, blah, blah, blah. Um, but they all say a couple of months on only green beans. Yeah. So they come out of this underground cave, mm-hmm. which presumably hosts a race of green people that only eat beans. Possibly. Called St. Martin's Land. Yes. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? (laughs) Do you think it's some sort of hollow earth sort of situation? Possibly. Do you want to look at some of the theories that are available on the internet? Oh, we love (laughs) internet (laughs) theories. I'm sure they're going to be good. A possible theory for the green colour of the children's skin could be a rare type of anemia. It's possible that malnourishment can cause a green tinge to the skin. Although this doesn't happen to everyone, it could be that the children were malnourished and the green coloration went away as the children ate bread and other foods. However, Agnes specifically described all the people from St Martin's Land as green. Even if everyone there was malnourished, not everyone would turn green. It is also noted that this type of anemia can cause memory loss, confusion and hallucinations. 
How green are we talking? Are we talking like a slight pale green tint? Or are we talking like the Incredible Hulk? The only um, bit in like the two official accounts don't really go into the coloration of like the degree of green. It says um, like a tint of green. Yeah. So take that. I would say that that means pale, but obviously that's the interpretation. I find the story much more interesting if they're like Hulk green. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I also, just to throw in there, did when I was Googling lots of stuff yesterday, um, historians believe that for that time, green would have meant more yellow. Oh, okay. So so just sort of like... You went really cross-eyed when you were looking at that. You were like, sorry, there's a fly on my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so green would have actually meant yellow. That's not definitive. That's a historian making like an assumption. I can from, sort of understand that. Sometimes yeah. someone might look a bit greeny if they're looking a yeah. bit sick. We do yeah. still say it now. And even if, I'm not saying it's like accurate, but if you think of like the emoji that you send for when you feel sick, it's got a green... That is, Tint. Medically accurate yep. emojis. Yep. Doctors will use that yep. one day in the future. Yep. They pass you a report and it's just got like a sick face. <laughs> or like the one with a bandage or like a thermometer or something. I'm just the one that's always crying. <laughs> <laughs> so, another possibility is that there's a translation issue in relation to the colour of the children. The first hand accounts of witnesses would have been in English. And Agnes supposedly learnt to speak English, but the nobility of the day spoke French as a first language, and the accounts were written in Latin. By the time these accounts were written down, they'd been translated between three different languages, to then be translated back into modern English hundreds of years later. And all we have is green. We don't know if it was bright green, pea green, or a faint hint of green. The only clue we have is the translation of Ralph's account, where he describes their skin as being tinged of a green colour. This could mean it was a pale green, but not necessarily. I see. Are you ready for some of what people consider the answers to the story? Answers? Definitive? I'm not going to say the word definitive because they We never use the word definitive on this podcast. They are possibilities, but they're possibilities of people desperate to find a palatable reason for yeah. there being these children. So I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying they're right. But mm-hmm. they come from a very place of, like, that's not possible. Yeah. Here's the reason. We're going, like, realism. Yeah. Yeah. So, number one. Okay. The children were Flemish refugees from the region of Flanders on the Belgian border of the Netherlands. In 1173, during the reign of Henry II, Flemish mercenaries were on the losing side of the Battle of Fornham. One theory is that the children lost their parents at a battle and ended up in Woolpit, unable to speak English. However, it is highly unlikely that Sir Richard de Cowan would have been unable to work out that the language they were speaking was Flemish, or that it was at least a similar language to Dutch. People from Flanders are also typically not green, Interestingly, though, the Battle of Fordham took place at a town called Fordham St. Martins. St. Martin was also a patron saint of children in the area around Flanders and Belgium at the time. So they could, they're saying St. Martin, yeah. that could just be in um, Flanders. Yeah, 
as in how people say this is like I live on God's earth, you know, so I live in St. Martin's land because yeah. that's who we celebrate as our oh, saint. Okay. So it's a, again, it's a possibility. Um, and also that possibility is hard because there are like discrepancies of like who was reigning when this happened. Yeah. And there aren't, we can't factually say it happened on this year. And these foreign children were just in a hole in Suffolk. Yeah, I think the reason that... I understand the reasoning to that. However, I feel if that's what they were, I don't think like a noble knight in the area would have then housed them, clothed them, fed them, educated them. You think he would have just killed them? I think they just left them in the pit. Yeah. To be honest. So you don't believe this theory? Um, I don't think it is any more believable than any other theory, okay. if you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I can, like I say, I can see the reasoning and yeah. the St. Martin's Land thing, obviously, like, could play, That's like, that could explain that. Yeah. Um, I just think it's unlikely that, one, like it says in there, that Sir Richard de Cam is really noted as being, like, well-travelled. Mm-hmm. So for him to then not recognize yeah not even like i understand he's not going to be like fluent but even if he was just like oh there's a couple of words in there that i've heard and that comes from a dutch language yeah Yeah. okay i'll get that theory two the children were nobles taken out to the taken out to the woods to be murdered this is similar to the tale of the babes in the wood a tragic folk tale from a few centuries after the events at Woolpit. In the Babes in the Wood, a greedy uncle has his niece and nephew murdered so he can inherit the estate. His men take the children out to the wood but take pity on them and let them go, where the children die of starvation. In some versions, the men poison the children with arsenic, which the children survived. The arsenic is theorised to be the reason the children could turn green. This is based on cases in Victorian England where arsenic poisoning resulted in green skin because of the way that green dye was manufactured. Long-term arsenic exposure can make the skin darker, but does not turn it green. The Babes in the Woods story takes place in a forest in Norfolk, about 30 miles away from Woolpit. The legend of the Babes in the Wood became a prominent folk story centuries after the Green Children. However, and maybe unrelated, there is a theory that Sir Richard knew the children were from a noble family and allowed the story of their green skin to spread without correction to help protect the children's identity. This was a period of a very bloody civil war where a rift had split the royal family in half. Atrocities were passionately committed during this time period and the children could easily have been unfortunate pawns in a power play between noble houses. I'm going to be honest, the moment you said, like, babes, what was it, babes? In babes the, in the wood. I thought of babe pig in the city. And that's, <laughs> that's all my head was thinking about for the entire time. So <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is that these were like kids that were taken out to the woods and given poison with arsenic. Yeah. And, and then... but just because they're saying that folklore tale matches with like kids being found in a wolf pit. Right. But then the main take from that is that Sir Richard knew that these children were noble. Okay. And so a rumour was spread that they're these green children when they weren't. That was to protect the children's identity. Okay. So that he could care for them, bring them up, because they were children of importance. Okay. Yes, no, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I believe the first one more, to be fair, because that, okay. that doesn't account for the language. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, would they be Flemish nobles then? Well, the the, the issue is, is there's no actual evidence that they were speaking Flemish. Right. It's a, like potentially it was, yeah. but because there were Flemish migrants in the area, right? But there isn't actually any like accurate information to say it was discovered the language was Flemish. So they could have been nobles that spoke any other sort of language. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or not spoke a funny language at all, and that was part of the rumor. Right. Okay. Some historians have theorised that the children were native Britons. In ancient times, Celts were known to paint their bodies various colours, and this could be a source for a story of children with green skin. This theory usually implies the story is much older and was just written down for the first time in the late 12th century. Oh, so they were just normal kids? Painted. Painted green? Yeah. That's pretty cool as well, to be fair. (laughs) done with that theory <laughs> so the theory is just there was a couple of green painted kids in a hole yeah because of like celtic traditions okay four theory four <laughs> parts of scandinavia stay in perpetual twilight for large parts of the year and saint martin was celebrated widely in this part of europe at the time so this could be a source for where the children originally came from although how they came to england would still be a mystery Scandinavian traders were common in the Suffolk ports at this time, so it's possible they came to England on a ship, though Agnes never mentioned this. Scandinavian children? Possibly. It's really hard because, like, the only physical thing that's ever described about them is the green skin. Like, yeah. there's no mention of, like, eye colour, hair colour. No. Like, anything where you could start to go, oh, that is kind of native to that part of the world. Like Yeah, if they were, like, blonde, you'd say, oh, possibly they were yeah, Scandinavian. Yeah. Exactly, but we don't know. Woolpit was in the middle of a busy area where merchants from the coast would pass through. Being close to London and during the anarchy, there were constant armies marching, mercenary groups, traders, merchants and refugees moving through the area. If this is a simple story of some children from a foreign land lost in England, then Woolpit is a good place for someone at some point to recognise the language the children spoke or the clothes they wore, especially a well-travelled knight like Sir Richard. So that's part of the Scandinavian, as in like a... Maybe that isn't true because you would expect the, um, like, someone within the area to go, oh, yeah, that's a Scandinavian refugee. I suppose, but if you was a refugee from Scandinavia, so I know Suffolk's on the east coast, but they would be landing, I would imagine, up from the northeast or in Scotland, wouldn't they? So that would be quite a distance for these children to travel down to the south. Would they be landing in East Anglia? I think it's actually easier. Is it? The first Viking landings were in Northumbria, which is like basically halfway up the coast. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm pretty sure the mid to southern part is actually easier to Oh, okay. To. I might be wrong. No. That was just my thought that maybe that would be far-fetched for Scandinavians to be that far south. I don't know if they'd be more northern. You also, country. though, are assuming that they came directly from Scandinavia, though. As in, yeah. like, it yeah. could have been a... Jumped on this ship and ended up somewhere in Europe, then jumped Picked on... Picked up a different language yeah. and then... <laughs> so... It doesn't necessarily mean it was A to B. Yeah. 
you're going to like this one. Yes. The green children were aliens. Yes. Either from space or potentially interdimensional travellers. Suffolk has hosted a high number of UFO sightings in modern times. And Woolpit is a mere 28 miles from Rendlesham Forest. Rendlesham Forest. A place where one of the UK's most infamous UFO sightings would take place. Hundreds of years after the green children emerged from the wolf pit. Writers from the 16th and 17th century theorised that the green children may have come from another world. And the story may even be one of the sources of the phrase little green men. Often used to describe aliens. (laughs) There you go. See, so, uh, is there like a hollow earth sort of situation theory? Yeah. yeah. I th- could this not. Now we're getting into the woo woo <laughs> theories. Before we go into the woo woo theories, which are obviously true. Yes. I think this could be taken elements of loads of different, all the different theories all combined into one rather than one solid mm-hmm. theory. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It could just be different aspects, if this happened at all. It could just be aspects of lots of different things all put together. Yeah, and to be honest, that's at the end of it, how I perceive that's, it anyway, yeah. is it works the same with a lot of like folklore stories. There was actually a, a piece of truth at the beginning, yeah, and then it gets kind of rambled up and changed People along the way. guessing the story. And, yeah. Yeah. The green children were from a society of green people that lived beneath the earth. Medieval folk tales of fairies, elves and the fey folk or little people often described these beings as being of green complexion. People in this time also told stories and carved images of the green man, a nature spirit that was often depicted as a man with, the, with a beard of leaves. These green beings are often said to live in the underworld. In Irish folklore... I'm going to say this. I'm really sorry if I pronounce it wrong. No. The Tuatha de Danann are the people that originally inhabited Ireland. When modern people came along, the Tuatha de Danann moved into underground spaces, burial mounds and caves. There, they live in the fairy world between places. The fairy world is often described as a place of permanent twilight. Fairy lore also implies that fey folk struggle to eat our food, sometimes because it makes them ill, but other times the theory is that eating our food would trap them here, and over time they would become more like us, much like how Agnes became less green over time and she learned to eat bread and other food. Another aspect of the fairy world is that it has things similar to our world but different. This could explain why the children recognise beanstalks but believe that they would find the beans in the stalks rather than in the pods. In some accounts, the beans in question are green beans, but in some versions of the story, they are broad beans or father beans. In fairy lore, the broad bean is a symbol of the underworld, and in ancient Italy, they were called the beans of the dead. Lastly, the domain of the fairy is the liminal space. Liminal spaces are places that serve as gateways. The twilight before nightfall is a liminal space. The cave the children came through is a liminal space, and even the wolf pit separating the farm from the wilderness beyond. Could the green children be fey folk trapped in our world after gorging themselves on earth beans? There's a lot to unpack from that. <laughs> so firstly, I know liminal space is a huge thing in like YouTube for some reason. There's like a genre of like paranormal videos where they talk about liminal spaces. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there's so much lore behind beans. <laughs> That's pretty fun, like beans of the dead. <clears throat> what ones are beans of the dead? Broad like, beans. Broad beans, I don't yeah. know. Don't like beans anyway. I mean, there's loads, though, isn't there? You've got 
even like fairy tale wise, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah. So there's. I never never gave much thought into see, it. To be yeah, fair. the top of the beanstalk is a giant. Yeah, I don't know much about the fairy situation. I don't know that much about fairy lore. I know that's more you're interested in that sort of thing. Yeah, so. and the only thing that I do think is when you dig right down into that lore, originally none of them were green. That's no. like added later on. It's the same as like leprechauns were actually initially red. It's like modern times that have gone. Irish people love ep- leprechauns and Irish people love green. So we'll make them green. So it went from being so, red to having ginger hair. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But every, like the original things are like a little red man that like comes out. Yeah. Um, and now that we say the leprechauns are green. So there is definite like green things in mythology um, mm. and folklore. And obviously the the green man, like the nature spirit has always been green. Yeah. But in terms of like elves and stuff, they're not, I don't want to say like natively green, but like they, they weren't in like original stories. Right. It's kind of like changed as it's been passed down. It was interesting to find out where that green came from. Because it mm. must have, something must have triggered that to happen in the stories. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was because a lot of it became Irish folklore. Like, and it's just an association. It'd be interesting because in our Hollow Earth episode, if you go all the way back to them, those dark days, maybe Suffolk had a, a hole to, is it Agatha? It was Agatha, wasn't it? This underworld. Oh, okay, something yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's called the Antipodes. Yeah, maybe there's a entrance to there. Possibly. I think as well, if you were to go with, like, the folklore that's associated to Fae, then Agnes is reported as being, like, a good servant by the end to Richard de Khan, which is like not in fey nature at all. And she was a loose woman at one point, though. She was, yeah. But f- fairies and fey aren't like, they're like tricksters. Yeah. And like you wouldn't welcome them into your home and they wouldn't then respond to your authority. <laughs> I wouldn't welcome two weird green children into my home anyway, to be fair. No, maybe this is actually the first account of black-eyed kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good point, actually. It also, like, reminded me of Sam, the Sandown clown. Yeah. Because I'm like, obviously they describe him as, like, not quite normal, but, like, human, like, at the same time. And then, then it's like, so then it, was that just a human or is that something else? like shape-shifting into a human, so we trust so, it. Some it's... sort of fairy sort of situation yeah. as well. Sam Sandown, Clown of Fairy. Yeah, possibly. I like the um, Black Eyed Kids connection, though, to be fair. It's a very similar phenomenon, isn't it, mm-hmm. though, when you think about yeah. it? Yeah. Because they come in pairs, boy yep. and a girl. I think it's really interesting as well that, like, all the accounts are like, it's a brother and a sister. And then I'm like, they, how do you know that? <laughs> yeah. Did she say she was he was her brother when she grew up and learned English, though? Yeah. Again, it doesn't say it in the two accounts, but yeah, that is what she's supposed to have grown up and then said he was my brother when she died. Right. But the, the problem that I have with any of her accounts later is that they taught her to speak English and I imagine she was told her story quite often. So then I'm, I don't know if I, like, believe that anything she says once she's learnt English can and be held that. Her memory might not be 
don't know how young the child no. was at the time, so the memory's not reliable. And then, like you said, if you're told you was found here and you was green or whatever, if you were told that all your life while you're learning English, you'd probably go on to believe it. Yeah, definitely. In that time as well, when you wouldn't have any science to no. disprove that. And even just the, like, power difference of, like, your male master has told you this. So, as a younger female, that that's that then. Yeah. In that, like, period of history. English cryptids and English folklore is wild, though, isn't it? It really is. When you've you got a, cl- a robot clown, <laughs> you got fucking green children. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I love it. Where do you sit? with your most believable explanation um i think the very first one you said i think these are flemish children Mm -hmm. whether they were green whether they were green in the first place or they were probably just malnourished eating beans i don't know just they were just abandoned and they just fell in this hole and then they were discovered it's why they didn't speak english i don't know but this foreign language would you recognize it I don't know. It's it's probably a combination of everything. I don't even think... I don't even know if I believe it happened in the first place. I don't know. Or it's yeah. just aliens from under the ground. <laughs> which I, I genuinely find that the most interesting, to be fair. I think um, it's, like, interesting as well that she, like, knew what farming was and she knew... Because in her account, it is like, oh, I was out, like with someone flocking the fields and then I then ended up here. So then I'm like, there's a lot of things that were already like knowledge to her that are things that human society are known for. Yeah. So I find that like interesting, but I don't know. I think my problem with it is I think if, if two green children had just turned up and were in a, wolf pit just outside of the town i struggle to believe that like the villagers that are said to have taken the children to the night didn't just assume that they were children infected with something and that it would just kill their town out yeah so i find it difficult to believe that they were like willing to touch them and like save them and help them out of the pits and stuff like that i'd like to think in that time they would probably just be immediately murdered you like to think that. No, you know what, I mean? I, that's what I would imagine would happen. No, I know what you mean. That feels like something unrecognisable. Kill it. Y- yeah, we didn't have, like, the science to work out yeah. what that is, so it's the unknown, so you, you get rid of it. On your previous point about them knowing about farming and that, I will remind you of the Hollow Earth episode where in the Hollow Earth there was thrifty vegetables <laughs> and yes. thrifty produce. So there was that industry under there anyway. Yeah, but I feel like she's talking about animals. She yep. was, yeah. Talking she about sheep and well. stuff, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it could explain, though, why they really liked the beans, because it could have recognised some thrifty, thrifty vegetables veg- from where they were I don't were know from. if there was animals as well, I can't remember, but it's definitely thrifty vegetables. <laughs> Maybe they uh, were down Mel's hole with that cow. <laughs> Maybe there was just some beans in the fridge that he chucked down there. I find it interesting that no one theorises is that if the first food that they recognised and were willing to was green, maybe that's why they were green in colour. That's the story, basically. It is really interesting, to be fair. I sit with, they turned up. Yeah. And then I think they were 
killed and then I think the rest is folklore to one make it look like this village didn't just kill a couple kill of kids. two little children um and yeah I love a bit of folklore yes it's fun I've been listening to a lot of law you know the podcast mm-hmm. it <laughs> this sounds really rude it really helps me sleep <laughs> so I've listened to all 200 but I've not got past the first 10 minutes of each episode same about the music and his voice <laughs> he has got quite a you probably voice. couldn't do that to this podcast if you can fall asleep to our voice then no I doubt you I'd be I'd be complimented to be fair <laughs> I think it's a compliment if you can fall asleep listening to this then fair enough enjoy do let us know if you've ever seen a little green, green people. <laughs> you can tell us all about it and email us at pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Pod. And please leave us your reviews and comments. I will probably just post a picture of some green beans. There you go. On Instagram Enjoy. Just some beans. If you like <laughs> beans, let us know. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.